Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just A Sports Report. Today I'm going to be jumping in to another one of my NRL 2022 season previews. It's going to be my Canberra Raiders podcast. Now, uh, you may have heard in previous podcasts, the Warriors are my number one team. I grew up in New Zealand. I've always been a Warriors fan. Uh, But my dad grew up in Canberra. So I've always grown up watching the Raiders games. They've always been my second team. I'm a huge supporter of the Canberra Raiders in every single game. They play except against the Warriors, of course. Uh, So I was gutted with the grand final loss to the Roosters. That one definitely burnt. I was really excited that season. And then unfortunately, the season after, they came out uh, in a final at Suncorp Stadium and just got obliterated and completely outclassed by the Melbourne Storm, who went on to win the Premiership. And then last year, they missed the eight with a heap of off-field drama, uh, which I'll get to shortly. But it's a really, really intriguing year for the Canberra Raiders. So I'm going to get into my season preview for them now. Uh, starting with the coach, that is Ricky Stewart. There is a lot of tension building. It seems like there's someone at the Raiders who is leaking information. There's a lot of tension. There seems to be mistrust. And this is a really strong team. And they could still be premiership contenders. But as I said, there's a lot of tension. And there seems to be something a little bit off at the Canberra Raiders. So... I'm really interested to see how this season plays out, but I rate Ricky Stewart as the best man for the job. He is a Canberra Raiders legend, great player in his day, uh, and I think he knows all about the DNA of the club. I think he's the right man to lead the club forward, uh, but we will see what happens as far as the drama goes this season, because if they have a really poor season and there's a lot of off-field drama, then I think there's a chance we see him depart, but I, I I think it's unlikely. I think he's gonna have a good season And yeah, I'll get to my prediction for where I think the Raiders are going to finish a little bit later. But as for the coach, Ricky Stewart, I think he's the best man for the job. I'm excited to see what he can come up with this year in terms of his strategy uh, and kind of the adjustments he makes in trying to play the new, more sped up modern game. Pressure's mounting overall on the club as well. There are a lot of question marks, uh, mainly on Jared Croker too, who is their captain. He's a record breaker. Uh, Still has potential to break even more records, but he's been struggling with injury, which for most of his career, he's been really lucky uh, and blessed to have a pretty good run with injury. But now it seems like maybe he's coming to the back end of his career and it's it's like still unknown whether he's going to take the field much this year. So hopefully for Jared Croker's sake, he can get fit and healthy. He's one of my favorite Raiders players uh, just because of the service he's given to the club. I really liked him when he first came in and he was a young gun. Uh, And I've liked him since. I mean, he had the headgear, you know, he's always stood out. I really like Jared Croker, so hopefully we get to see him fit and healthy this season. He is the captain after all, uh, alongside Elliot Whitehead, who took on the kind of leadership role last year as captain. Because, of course, Josh Hodgson, that was one of the dramas. He ended up standing down as captain. He, of course, has signed with the Parramatta Eels next season for 2023, but he's still with the club this season, so... 
Elliot Whitehead captained a lot of games last year because Jared Croker obviously was out with injury, and that could be the case again this year. So Elliot Whitehead, he's had kind of didn't have his best year last year, but when the Raiders are firing, I think he's such a crucial part of it. And Elliot Whitehead on his day is one of the best back rowers in the comp. So if they can get the best out of these kind of players, and if they can get Croker on the field, get Whitehead firing, get Starling and Hodgson, etc., firing, then they are a major chance to finish in the top four. But there are plenty of question marks. There are a lot of question marks. Uh, so that's what's made it really hard, especially as a supporter, because I want to put them in my eight, and there are so many things to suggest that they could become, uh, become like top eight material again. It, it was such a weird year last year because they were supposed to be premiership contenders, and they are like a top four contender again this season. But I do think you need to proceed with caution in terms of if you're going to place a bet on the Canberra Raiders to make the top eight or the top four. As I said, there are a lot of question marks. You've got the Jared Croker injury woes. And adding to that, one of the players I was most excited to see step up this season was Harley Smith-Shields, who played a lot on the right wing last year, but I really like him as a left center. Uh, and if Jared Croker was down, then I really wanted to see Harley Smith-Shields claim that position. I know uh, Sebastian Chris as well was really good there last season, and that was kind of a surprise because he had that he had a year off the year before. Uh, I think it was like a post office driver or something, and... He came back on a train and trial deal. He wasn't even signed. And then he made it into the round one team. So I think Sebastian Chris will be ready to step up again this season. And the Raiders do have some really good young backline players. Uh, they have some good centers. So I'll go through their top 30 a bit later and their gains and losses and things like that. But Harley Smith Shields out for the season. I think he did his ACL. So that's a huge loss. One of the guys I was really keen to see step up for the Raiders at NRL level this year. And he's out for the season. So that's a really big blow. And that kind of adds to the why I'm on the fence about them not making the eight. Because all these things I was excited about or all these potential things that could go so right. There's probably more things that can potentially go wrong, which is a bit of a worry. But they do have a great kind of crop of youth coming through who haven't made their NRL debuts yet. Uh, some of them will this season. So I think they're placed to go really well in the future. But this is going to be an interesting year. It could kind of be a changeover year between, you know, kind of that Josh Hodgson era where he was our hooker and kind of dictated our play to kind of transferring over to like Tom Starling and trying to make Jack White and uh, kind of more hands-on and the game plan more focused around him. So I'm excited to see what kind of changes they make in regards to their gameplay. Of course, Josh Hodgson, there was that drama last year where he stood down as captain a lot of it, I guess, isn't super dramatic. Like, the media do drive it really hard. It's not as dramatic as it seems, but it, it was still drama, and he did need feel the need to step down as the captain. There was the whole George Williams situation, uh, and he looked like he was their long-term halfback. That was the thing. If they were coming into this season with George Williams, I would be so set on the Raiders making the eight, and I would have, be set on them pushing for the premiership. I thought last year... I had them right up there as teams I was thinking of in terms of betting on for the Premiership. So I really rated their chances last year and I was really disappointed. And a huge part of that was George Williams and Jack Whiten. That was why I was really confident in where this team was heading because they had the perfect six and seven combination. But George Williams was unsettled. The Raiders decided to part ways with him. It was very messy. I could spend an hour talking about just that. 
uh, but I won't. He's gone over to the Warrington Wolves, but that really left the Raiders short on a halfback. There was also the drama kind of with the English players, uh, and it was the first kind of fractures with George Williams leaving and Hodgson kind of having that drama where these English guys that they'd kind of built this great run around, it was starting to kind of, the wheels were falling off a little bit. It was getting, I don't know, a bit stagnant. I'm not sure exactly what was going on. That's what leads me to have so many question marks surrounding the Raiders because I really don't know what's going on inside the club. Not that I know what's going on inside any club, but especially the Raiders, like some of the things that are coming out, just some of the funny ones, like Joe Tabernay's wife was kind of funny, you know, like I don't take this stuff too seriously. So it was kind of funny, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll move on from the drama now uh, and I'll talk about a little positional battle. Now the fullback battle really intrigues me. Chance Nicole Klockstad, he has been a star in the fullback position. As I said, I'm a Warriors fan, Raiders are my second team. So I was so stoked to see Chance come over from the Warriors where he wasn't really getting a go under Stephen Kearney. And he absolutely shined under Ricky Stewart at the Raiders. He's such an essential part of the Raiders team. And the one thing that I would kind of like to see him stay at fullback for uh, is his defense. I think that's the most underrated part he gives so much in defense, but there are, there's been a heap of noise that Xavier Savage, who played a little bit at fullback last year before getting injured, that he's going to get the gig. And there's a lot of talk that Chance is going to be moving to center for a couple of years now. So I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And I am expecting, especially with the Croker situation and Harley Smith Shields going down, I think we're going to see Chance move into the centers. I think we'll see Xavier Savage get the run at fullback which I think he can make a great go of it and he'll develop with time, but he's extremely fast. So once he develops kind of that fullback playmaking, those skills with time and experience uh, and game time in the NRL, then I think he could be an elite fullback. Uh, but yeah, Chance, the move would be interesting. I'm really not sure, but I guess he can jump in if Savage goes down. And another guy in their system that can play fullback a highly rated junior who I'd love to see, at least love to keep an eye on him maybe in the reserve grade team if he gets a run at fullback, is Albert Hopawade. Uh, Albert Hopawade is a prospect that really interests me, and I'm wondering whether, after not playing him at all last year when he came from the Seagulls, I'm wondering if maybe they're looking at developing him into a fullback option, move chance to centre, and kind of have this young crop of elite young talents to try and bring through guys who are a similar kind of age uh, to like a Selwyn Cobbo or a Reese Walsh. Uh, side note as well, rumours that Reese Walsh will not be joining the Warriors again in 2023 when they go back to Auckland. Looks like the Dolphins are going to pinch him. Fuck my life, honestly. Honestly, but this isn't a war about the Warriors. But yeah, sorry Raiders fans. But I'm sure the Raiders fans can understand, honestly. Like the one thing, having them as my second team that has really sucked is like... Josh Dugan was elite, and then he left and, like, f fucked up. You know, Todd Carney fucked up, left. Anthony Milford left when he looked like he was, like, the next big thing. Uh, there's so many. Blake Ferguson left, got fired, whatever. You know, I was drinking cruises on the rooftop. There's been so many more that I can't even remember right now. But uh, Milford was the most recent that was really... Really brutal. And they do things like the Broncos and now the Dolphins, you know, they do these shitty things. Although, oh, he's homesick and they pinch our guys. They pinch our good guys. So, uh, yeah, it sucks. But whatever. The Raiders have done a really good job 
to build a great squad. And because they weren't a destination kind of city in Canberra, they got English guys. And that was kind of the strategy that really turned things around for them. These English guys weren't misbehaving. That's one thing I really, really, really appreciate about the English contingent is they weren't out misbehaving, drinking cruises on the rooftop or like drink driving and crashing cars and shit. Like, so they have really been a massive part of building the culture at the Raiders. And I'm not sure what's going on from the top down because someone's leaking information. Uh, but hopefully they can go really well. I do think they've got the culture set there. And I think they're going to be really keen to have a huge year. So I think we'll see a big start from a uh, big start to the season from them. But as the season goes on, I'm really interested to see how they cope. Uh, and there are a few things that do worry me. And that is kind of the halves depth situation if Fogarty or Jack White go down. Because, of course, we saw once George Williams left last year, they were searching for a replacement. Uh, a few names that came up. Mitchell Pierce came up. <clears throat> Luke Brooks, I think, briefly. Like, no, there was no real substance to those stories. But there were a lot of names coming up, like, who are they going to sign? Uh, and they ended up going after Jamal Fogarty, who was not off contract. But Toby Sexton looks like he's going to be the long-term number seven at the Titans. He may have even got the run first up this year. So Jamal Fogarty has come to the Raiders. I really like that. It's a cut-price signing. They're not breaking the bank on him. Uh, at least I wouldn't believe they are. And he's a really quality halfback. He's spent a lot of time in the Queensland Cup with the Burley Bears. And I think that's an underrated thing. Guys like Damian Cook spent a lot of time in reserve grade. Cody Walker... So there are guys who kind of, they spend their time and ply their trade. Jamal Fogarty has done that, and I think he is a very capable half. So I rate him highly as the guy to play alongside Jack Whiten. But, as I said, they've got great first-choice halves, but the backups is what kind of worries me. Sam Williams and Matt Frawley are great players, but I just don't know. I don't know. I can't see... Sam Williams kind of leading them to a top eight finish this year. And that's no disrespect to either of them. They're both great players and they do offer a lot of experience for the younger players. But I'd actually like to see Brad Schneider get a go at halfback if Fogarty gets injured or suspended or even Whiten. I think Brad Schneider is their long-term number seven. I think that's kind of the goal and the aim as to why they've brought Fogarty in. Uh, because I think they're just going to take time to develop Brad Schneider. But I think he is going to be the one who was their long-term halfback. So I'd love to see him, she him, schneid him. Uh, I'd love to see him get a go in the number seven jersey throughout the season. He made his debut last year, but I think he played, what, probably like 14 seconds? I can't remember. He played barely anything uh, off the bench. I think he had one game. So he'll be looking to build on that this year. And I think he's the man who should be stepping up. But that's what I guess is good about having Sam Williams and Matt Frawley there. They're really good guys to have alongside him playing in reserve grade. And then... They'll be able to help him with the step up. And I think Frawley looked really good when he stepped up to NRL level last season. So if Whiten goes down, I do think Frawley's probably the man to throw into that number six. But I'd like to see Schneider in the number seven. Sam Williams has been around for quite a while, but I think it's Brad Schneider's time. So just throw him in and see how he goes. He's one of the many bright prospects at the Raiders. And if COVID disrupts the season in a big way and the depth is tested across the NRL squads, then I actually expect the Raiders to be one of the teams that thrive the most. They've got amazing juniors. They've also got quality experienced players outside of the top 17 too. A really good youth squad coming through. I like the back rowers as well. Hudson Young and Corey Harawira Nayara. 
Those two I really rate highly. I think they're great additions. And I think they're going to step up this year in a major way. And that could turn the Raiders into a real threat. Hudson Young and Harawira Nayara. Sorry, I think I may have butchered that. Uh, on their day, they're just such guns. And I think if Ricky can get them firing this season alongside Elliot Whitehead and Adam Elliot and the likes, then I think it's going to be a really big season for them. So it's been super hard to make my prediction as far as where I think they finish. Because I honestly, I'm still on the fence, probably until I get to that point. Uh, I just, I still don't know whether I have them in my eight this season. Now, in each podcast, I list an X-Factor player as well as a young player to watch. My X-Factor player is, of course, Jack Whiten. He won the Deli M a couple of seasons ago. His career development has been incredible. I remember his debut when he played on the left wing, and I instantly liked him. He defended really hard. He did not look out of place in the NRL on his first game. I think it might have been against the Titans from memory. And then he kind of shuffled into the centers, played a bit of fullback. They did try him in the, at 5'8". Ricky did move him to 5'8 a couple of seasons before he successfully did it. And it just didn't work out at all. And then he played fullback for a bit. And then he stepped into the number six, which Ricky obviously had the vision like this is the kid. Apparently he was a gun coming through as well. He's actually my favorite Raider as well. I love Papa, uh, Papali'i, but Jack Whiten is my favorite Raider. I just love the way he plays the game. Hopefully he can be the X-Factor player this season because when it comes down to the crunch and someone needs to step up and win the game for them, I think Fogarty will handle the game management, but that's what when Jack Whiten needs to step up. He needs to start running the ball. Fogarty will have the game management under control. And that's when Whiten can play some eyes up footy and really create some chances for his team. So I've got Jack Whiten as the X-Factor player, uh, and he's kind of the key to their whole success. A lot of teams are going to be trying to shut him down because that's the whole key. If you get Jack Whiten running the ball uh, and breaking tackles and things like that, then all of a sudden the Raiders are a premiership contender. So there's going to be a lot of heat on him, as there always is when players are like elite talents in the halves. So Jack Whiten's going to need to step up. It's going to be a big year for him, but I'm backing him in. I think he is going to have a big year. Uh, And I hope to see him again in the Origin Arena. I've loved seeing him in a New South Wales Blues jersey uh, because he's just such a great Origin-like player. So he just suits those kind of games a lot. So Jack Whiten is my X-Factor player for the Raiders this season. Let's hope he can have a big one. Now my one to watch, and there are a few of them in the Raiders squad, I have gone with Trey Mooney. He's a young Ford. He was 18th man quite a bit last season. I don't think he ended up making his debut, uh, but I'm picking him to make a few appearances this season. He's my one to watch. I think once he gets his chance in the NRL, uh, he's going to be a real gun. And he's someone, one of the many, many youngsters they have in this squad that they're going to build around. Hopefully they don't leave. And I think Trey Mooney is one of the stars of the future in terms of the Fords. I think he's a long-term prospect. And I think now's the time. And now's the time to get him playing some NRL. So I'm really excited to see him make the step up. Uh, and I have got Trey Mooney as my one to watch for the Raiders this season. Now I'll be jumping through uh, the t- first 10 games. So what I'll do now, first 10 games of the season, then I'll go through the gains and losses for the year. Then I'll just go through their whole top 30 if I have any notes on anyone. Uh, and then I'll make my prediction on where I think they're going to finish, which... It's been so hard. It's been really hard for every team, but the Raiders and the Warriors especially, of course. So round one, they've got the Sharks in Canberra. I've actually got the Raiders winning that, uh, coming pretty close to the season now. 
The teams haven't been released, obviously, but I've got the Raiders winning that. Uh, then in Townsville, I think another very winnable game uh, is against the Cowboys in Townsville. So it's a pretty good start to the season. And then they've got the Titans. Um, oh, man. That's making me think about yeah, putting them quite high on the ladder. <laughs> uh, Raiders up against the Titans in round three. Another very winnable game. Then in Mudgee, they've got the Seagulls. Who are beatable, but like if Trebojevic is firing like he was last season, then it's going to be a very, very hard game. Uh, Raiders versus the Storm in Wagga Wagga. Uh, that'll be a pretty hard game. Then they've got the Cowboys again in Canberra. Then they have the Panthers in Penrith. They have the Warriors in Redcliffe. So I always love watching those games because I'm happy to see either team win. Obviously, it sucks to see either team lose. Usually whoever's going better in the season, like if the Warriors are being disappointing and they're like 14th and the Raiders are in top 8 contention, then usually I'll be going for the uh, Raiders because I'm like, come on Warriors, I'm just like, you know, you guys, you guys are cooked for the season, so I'd rather see the Raiders make the aid if you guys aren't going to do it, but that'll be a really good game, hopefully both teams are in finals contention this season. Then in round 9, the Raiders play the Bulldogs, Bulldogs have a heap of new great signings, uh, but I still think that's a winnable game and definitely a game where the Raiders will be aiming to win. In round 10, they'll play the Sharks again at Suncorp Stadium for Magic Round. That's a very winnable game, but we haven't seen the Sharks under Craig Fitzgibbon yet. Uh, so I, th I think it'll be interesting, especially because Craig Fitzgibbon played a lot of footy at the Roosters under Ricky Stewart. So he'll know a few of his tricks, but it's been a hot minute since he's been under Ricky Stewart. So obviously he won't know all the tricks, but... There will be a familiarity. There will be that narrative too. So I'm really interested to see those two teams go at it twice in the first 10 rounds from round one to round 10. Uh, so really interesting, those two clashes. And overall, their whole draw does set them up for a top eight finish, but I still have a lot of question marks. I can't I can't get past the question marks. It's pretty, it's pretty difficult to tell where I'm going to predict them to finish on the ladder, but in a few short minutes, I'm going to have to make my prediction. So I'm just going to take a moment uh, and, yeah, work out exactly where I have them on my ladder for 2022. Uh, but first, I'll jump into my gains and losses. And the Raiders' gains and losses for 2022 include Jamal Fogarty, who I mentioned earlier. So I'll go through the gains first. He's come from the Titans. They've gotten Peter Holler from the Cowboys, who's a really big forward. They rated him at the Cowboys, but he never really kicked on at NRL level. But the Cowboys haven't been that flash in the last few seasons. So maybe he'll end up being a real star and kind of maybe like an Isaiah Papali'i, like a really cheap buy. I don't know how cheap they're getting him for, but like, you know, an, an, a value buy that ends up going really, really well. Speaking of a value buy that could end up going very, very well, and I think he will, Adam Elliott. Uh, he's got redemption now. He went out, had a drink, uh, was in the toilet with a woman who is now his missus. So, like, where's, what's the real crime in that? Yeah, he had a few drinks. He obviously, I don't know, there were other things. There were other things he did, of course. Of course. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, if you know, you know. But, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I can give him the chance to have a good season. And, yeah, what he does... In his personal life, yeah, I guess unless he's being a dog to people, then that's for the people he's being a dog to to uh, decide what to do. So yeah, Adam Elliott, I'm packing him in 
for a big season. He's a great player and a great pickup for the Raiders. I'd like to see him in the lock forward position, although Joseph Tarpanay is really good there as well. There are a few options in terms of the number 13 for the Raiders. And the Serbian sex god, Nick Kotrich. Uh, that's what he wants to be called now, Kotrich. Uh, had a really, really shit run at the Bulldogs. It was It sucked to even see him sign there in the first place. But I understand. He kind of saw the vision of Trent Barrett at the Bulldogs. Uh, that vision was a wooden spoon. He's come back to the Raiders. I'm really happy with that. I'm not someone who's ever super bitter. Like, he didn't do, like, a Milford or, like, a uh, Ferguson or Dugan or, like, the plenty of other players. And I don't even think he broke his contract to go there. I think he just signed when he was off contract. So, fair game. And he's come back to the Raiders. So, I'm really interested to see... Nick Kotrich back in the Raiders jersey. That's a massive addition. Definitely helps in terms of turning them into a finals contender. Uh, because last year they have some great young wingers like Semi Velame, but he struggled a couple of times. He's still developing. Like, I'm not being harsh. I've actually posted a couple of things in Raiders forums about people are too harsh on him. I'm like, this kid's young. He's not even playing reserve grade footy because it's not on for the last couple of seasons. And when he when he's on, he looks great. He just has he had a really average game last season where he was on the right wing, I think, where he's more of a left winger. Um, so yeah, I think Nick Kotrich is a major addition that can give guys like Semi. Hopefully, they have reserve grade playing, and that can give guys like Semi a chance to build their confidence and their skills in reserve grade, whilst Kotrich can play in the NRL. And then if he goes down, or there are injuries, or Rapana goes down, then that opens the door for the Sammy Valmes, and they're ready, and he's already played a bit of NRL, so I expect him to step up. Uh, but Nick Cottridge just allows these younger guys a little bit more time to develop, which is really important. Now jumping on to their 2022 losses. George Williams to Warrington Wolves. Ryan James is headed off to the Broncos. Saliva Havili has gone to the Rabbitohs, which is an interesting one. I think he'll add a lot of uh, value to the Rabbitohs squad. Bailey Simonson, in kind of how they got Cottridge, was they had to allow Simonson to go to the Eels, which is a huge loss. I actually think he'll go really well at the Eels. Uh, I think he's a great signing for them, and especially if Mike Acevo ends up leaving, and I think he may end up, he may miss a bit of footy through injury this season. I think Bailey Simonson is going to be a huge buy for the Eels. They're getting the best out of their signings, such as Isaiah Papali'i. I think they're going to do the same with Simonson, so... The Eels are a real danger team this season, in my opinion. Then we've got Sia Soliola, who is retiring an absolute legend. Seen so many things of people, whether he's either, sp either spoken to them directly or their children or he's come to events, and everyone just speaks so glowingly about Sia Soliola. So I haven't met him personally, but like, I haven't heard anyone say a bad word about him. I haven't even heard people say like just kind of nice words about him everyone speaks so highly of him he was such a great buy for the Raiders like a number of years ago now like what like 2011 I can't remember exactly because he had a run under Ricky at the Roosters as a center uh, of course had the infamous Ruben Wiki knockout moment uh, and then he went over to the Super League and now he is at retirement that's where he's at so I got distracted something said it paid for my bank account I was like huh what was that? Uh, but yeah, C.S. Oliola, enjoy retirement. Seems like an absolute legend, and by all reports, he is. Uh, then we've got Dunamis Louis, who's been released. He's going to play for the Redcliffe Dolphins in the Queensland Cup this season. 
But there have been reports that the Dolphins, they're going to sign him for next season. Probably just a really good value buy. He did play for the Queensland Maroons in their series win under Wayne Bennett. So Dynamis Louis could be a great buy for the Dolphins. That's a really interesting one too. Curtis Scott has been released. He was going to go to the Parramatta Eels, but uh, yeah, some very interesting reports. I'm not going to make any comments on it. I think it's pretty hectic, but uh, I also don't know, like, I don't know. Uh, not to excuse anything he's done, because I think what he's alleged to have done, and I don't know, that's why I'm not really going to make a comment on it, but like, it sounds pretty fucked up on his part and very bad. Uh, but it's also, I'm also kind of like, he had so much pressure as a young kid to be this like star. And then the thing with the cops on Australia Day, I think he has a problem with the drink, uh, but also just his mental health right now. There are enough people talking about it and reporting on it. And also for like his missus or whatever, the female implicated in the situation. Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't think she would want it dragged through the paper or having people talk about it, I guess, out of outside of her personal circle. So yeah, I'll move on from that, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. Curtis Scott, who seemed like an unbelievable talent coming through the grades. He won a premiership at the Melbourne Storm. Uh, things just haven't worked out. Things really haven't worked out. So uh, yeah, no further comment. Uh, I'll let everything play out. And yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether we'll see him back. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can just get himself right. And hopefully, uh, yeah, everyone who was also involved in these situations... Uh, okay, yeah, I, I, it's not really my place to make a comment, but I'm doing the gains and losses, and Curtis Scott is a pretty notable loss, pretty interesting one, because uh, if he was firing, he would have been a huge part of the Raiders, and they got rid of Joey Leilua, which I think was great vision from Ricky, uh, to just be like, yep, now's the time, and if Curtis Scott had fired, like many people predicted he would, coming through the grades as a young standout junior at the Sharks, uh, then he would have been the perfect signing, but just things didn't work out and they don't always work out. So Curtis Scott released from the Raiders. They also have released Darby Medlin, who was decent. I don't think he played that. I don't think he played any first grade. Maybe he played one or two games. Uh, and then Caleb Akins, who came over from the Panthers last year, the fullback. He has signed with the Lee Centurions in the Super League. So that is the gains and losses. That door scared the shit out of me. Um, and yeah, now I'll do their top 30 before I make my prediction and wrap up this podcast. So the Canberra Raiders top 30 squad, we've got Nick Kotrich. I commented on that big return, really keen to see him back. Jared Croker, a lot of injury worries. Adam Elliott, who signed for just this year. I touched on him earlier. Jamal Fogarty, new signing. Matt Frawley, who's coming off contract. Emre Gula, who's an interesting one. He could really kick on this season, I think. He's still been developing. He's still finding out exactly how to kind of adjust his game to the modern speed. Uh, but I think he'll go well this year. Emery Gula is one to keep an eye on. Hopefully he can improve on his recent efforts. Then we've got Corey Harawira-Nayara, who is coming off contract this season. They have said they want to re-sign him, and I think they will make moves to re-sign him. Then we've got Josh Hodgson off to the Eels next season. Albert Hopawade, who, as I mentioned, I'd like to see him get a run this season in the NRL. If not as a fullback, then maybe as a centre winger. But I think he's got what it takes to be a standout star in the NRL, so I think we need to give him a little bit of game time uh, whenever the opportunity presents itself. Peter Holler coming over from the Cowboys. 
Corey Horsburgh, interesting one. Coming off contract, I think the Dolphins will go after him because they're based in Redcliffe and he is a Caboolture Snakes junior. So that is exactly the kind of territory of the Redcliffe Dolphins. So I think they're going to make a play for him. I think he'll sign there. They are after Queenslanders. And I really, really like the way he plays the game. I think the Raiders can afford to lose him. They've got a lot of good forwards in their system. Uh, but I think I know that they are making plays to keep him. But I'm predicting Corey Horsburgh to sign with the Dolphins. I do think that's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. But the Dolphins, ah, stay away from Reese Walsh, honestly. Uh, I really like the Dolphins. I actually hope they do well. But if they sign Reese Walsh, then I fucking hate the Dolphins. And I won't hold it against Reese Walsh. I uh, don't take these things too personally, these guys. It's their life. They can do whatever they want. I'm not crying. I just, <clears throat> I've been vaping. I am crying. Um, and yeah. Yeah, Reese Walsh, if you're listening, please don't leave. Please, man. Come on. Don't. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry. Back to the Raiders. But yeah. Uh, just broke earlier today and I was like, uh, yeah, my exact reaction was just like, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Can we bring Roger to Avaza Shek back? Would he come back? Anyway, back to the top 30 for the Raiders. Sebastian Chris. <clears throat> Going to see a huge year from him, I think, with Croker down and Harley Smith Shields down. That allows Sebastian Chris to really shine this season. Trey Mooney, who was my one to watch. Charles Nicole Clockstad or Clockstad. He is going to be moving into the centres. That's what is to be believed. We'll see what happens throughout the trials. But it looks like he's going to be playing in the centres this year. Then you've got Josh Papali'i, who is the spiritual leader of this squad. Uh, What more can you say about him? An absolute gun has been for years. One of my favourite fucking Raiders and Queensland Maroons. I love Big Papa. Uh, And yeah, there was, of course... I don't talk a lot about COVID and shit in my podcast because I'm like, we just hear enough. Uh, we just hear enough about it, you know. But the big man didn't want to get vaccinated for personal reasons. Uh, that was just a cloud. No, not because of his fault or the Raiders' fault, but just kind of the well, no one's fault, but just of I don't fucking know. But just like the you know the way the governments and the stadiums and things were running things. Uh, the big man, the big man got vaxxed, so he will be playing this season, which was going to be a note, like maybe. If he didn't, then the Ra- uh, Raiders could be without him, which, like, that's why I, I don't mention COVID unless it's relevant, which it kind of is to this NRL season because we still don't know exactly what's going to happen. It looks like everything's going to play out smoothly. They're working really hard on that. Uh, but we just saw John... We saw John Asiata in the Bulldogs part ways, and there hasn't been, like, a high-profile signing. There's been a couple of bigger names in the AFL. Uh, but, yeah, it was interesting. And it's, like... it's. Papali, Papali's choice, so it's like, you know, uh, whether he did or didn't, it was like, I still I still love the big man, uh, but he did, so he's going to be playing this season, that's massive, uh, and I think that kind of tells his team, you know, that that's a big deal, because like, I don't know exactly the, I don't, I don't research a lot about like COVID or the vaccination shit, like anti-vaccination status, well not anti-vaccination, but just you know, things like that. I don't research it much, but I think there was something that happened in Tonga or Samoa where there's some kind of vaccine or some some kind of thing that happened where there were a lot of side effects or aftering lingering effects. You can Google this and see if this is true or whether I'm just totally bullshitting this. Uh, but yeah, there was the whole thing with like lingering 
effects. Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember exactly. But there, I think there are like reasons and examples and things of people either they know or someone they know something happening and them kind of not having that trust. But the big man has done it for his team uh, and I guess to keep, you know, the money coming in, but he's done it as well for the team. Now it's like, all right, if I'm going to do that, then we're going to fucking go hard this season. So the boys need to get around Big Papa. Uh, he's made a big decision and yeah, yeah, he's done it. So yeah, sorry for fucking talking some shit about the fucking that. <laughs> I uh, try not to, I try to just to keep the COVID shit to a minimum because everyone, it's fucking been like the last three years, honestly. And every everything's everywhere's talking about it. So this is a pretty COVID-free safe zone. My other thing that I don't really want to talk about, I hold in a similar regard, is Jake Paul. Uh, I don't hate him. I'm just like, there's enough coverage. Enough people are talking about it. I don't need to talk about it. So yeah, I only talk about it when it's relevant. It kind of was relevant in the NRL season because we saw what happened with Asiata. So it was more interesting, like what would happen with maybe Papali'i. Uh, and there still are a couple of players who are yet to be vaccinated. But yeah, my, all I'll say is like, it's everyone. I think everyone should just have a choice, I guess. I don't know. It's like, just, I don't know. I don't fucking know, you know, whatever I say, um, whatever I say, it'll just be doomed. It'll be doomed. <laughs> so moving on, Jordan Rappiner, one of the absolute heart and soul players of the club, he really stepped up big time last season. I thought he was one of the best in a pretty poor season for the Raiders. Uh, then Harry Rushton, who was a really young prospect who's come over from England. He came over, either, I think, the year before last. They've been taking their time to develop him. I'd love to see what he can do at NRL level this season. Xavier Savage, I think we'll be seeing him at the fullback, or in the fullback position, sorry, can't speak English. I thought maybe he'd be on the wing, but now they've got Rapuna and Kotrich, so I think it's time they're going to make the move savage to fullback. Brad Schneider, as I mentioned, would love to see him play some more NRL this season. Harley Smith-Shields, absolutely gutted that he's injured for the season. Tom Starling, really big year for him. He's been a little bit of a part of their off-field dramas. I don't know how much he was in the wrong. I haven't really looked into those situations, but a big year for him. He's off contract, at least that's what it says on NRL. Dot com, uh, but he's he's the man now. They're putting their full faith in him to be their number nine. So it's a big season for Tom Starling. I haven't really talked a lot about him, but he's a crucial part of their squad. Once Jack Whiten kind of get finds his groove, Tom Starling is so quick at a dummy half, kind of in a Damian Cook mold, and he's a total game breaker. He can be similar to Whiten. He's kind of an X factor player, as is Papali'i, and they've got a few others throughout the squad. Then we've got Ryan Sutton, who came over from Wigan with John Bateman. Sad to see him leave. That actually sucked. Uh, but good, not not because of him. He doesn't suck. He's awesome. Uh, just kind of, it sucked to lose a player of that caliber. Uh, Ryan Sutton, such a good player. He's also off contract, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ryan Sutton this season. Joe Tarpane, such a huge part of their squad. Uh, and yeah, hopefully he gets a bit more playtime. His wife's happy. He's happy. Hopefully everyone's happy. Uh, Matthew Timoko or Timoko, uh, Timoko, Timoko, Timoko. I don't know exactly how he wants it to be said. I think Timoko, 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 Timoko. Yep. Going down a rabbit hole of butchering his name. Uh, but he is a great prospect. I think he's going to play a lot of NRL this season too. 
uh, and there are high hopes for him. There are really, really big kind of, pre- uh, not pressure, but expectations placed on his shoulders because they believe he is going to be their gun long-term centre. And I tend to agree, especially with Harley Smith Shields going out for the season. So I think Matthew is going to be in for a huge season this year. Uh, but one thing that does worry me is just as he develops, I've seen a couple of defensive errors in his game, which I think teams can exploit. But all in, it's just experience. You, you work those things out. With experience, trust me, I have had zero games in the NRL. So I know. Uh, now, Semi Velme, I touched on him earlier. Hopefully he can improve. But his upside is limitless. You look at a lot of the Fijian wingers, Corbetti, uh, Semi Radradra, and just a ton of others. Uh, and then, yeah, Semi Valame is kind of in that mold. So if they can get the best out of him, he could be a great uh, left winger. Marcus Sivo, another fucking Fijian winger. How good are they? Uh, Elliot Whitehead, the captain, big year for him. Jack Whiten, who has a player option. He's off contract this season. He's not, but he has two player options, apparently, the next two seasons. So that is an interesting note. Sam Williams, off contract this year. Uh, I think this will be maybe his last season. I don't know. I think now's the time to start pushing Brad Schneider up. Maybe the kind of idea is to get Fogarty in, keep Williams for this year, help develop uh, Brad Schneider, let him play a bit more reserve grade maybe. But long term, I think Brad Schneider is the guy. I think he is going to be their number seven uh, for years to come. So keep an eye on Brad Schneider. Then we've got Hudson Young, who, as I said earlier, I rate very highly. A uh, quick look at the development list. Some really good players. Elijah Anderson, the winger. Uh, he is injured, though. I think he suffered a pretty bad injury. Arthur Mariota, he's a pretty funny forward. I uh, liked him when he was the ball boy during the COVID-disrupted season. Just going off. He's a bit of a character. Uh, and he had he made his NRL debut in 2020 at the very end of the year. Then they've got Brandon Morcos, who... Uh, I haven't really seen anything from him, but apparently he's a really good young player. He's a center. I'm not too sure what side of the field he plays on, but I'll be keen to kind of track his progress this season. Uh, they got another young backline player who's not on their development list. He'll probably be in their jersey flag or reserve grade. Uh, James Schiller came over from the Dragons. He's supposedly one to watch as well, so keep an eye out for James Schiller. Rounding out the Canberra Raiders squad for this season is Clay Webb, a talented young back rower. I think we'll see him make his NRL debut this season. I'm not too sure how much footy he'll play, but he's another one who could be a great kind of long-term part of their forward rotation. So I'm keen to see how Clay Webb goes this season. And with that being said, it is now time to make my official prediction for the season. And I am very, very sorry, Raiders fans, but my prediction for the season is 10th place. I wish I could have them higher, and I really, really, really hope they make the eight. I hope they make the top four. I think they can, but I went with 10th. I just have too many question marks. I found it really hard to find a place for everyone in my top eight, and I went super biased and put the Warriors in fifth. Uh, And yeah, I couldn't pick. It was already so hard for me to pick a team uh, that wouldn't make the eight. I thought there's a now that there's a team who has to miss out for the Warriors. Uh, and I can see the Warriors actually making it in. Like, that wasn't just biased. But, of course, I'm a Warriors supporter, so... Uh, I just didn't want to, you know, not back the team. But the Raiders, uh, I don't know. Something just feels off behind the scenes at the club. There's injury clouds. I'm not too sure on their half step depth. Sorry. Uh, there's a good young hooker coming through who's behind Sterling and Hodgson. But 
Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, when I looked at everyone's squads, I did a lot of tape. I did a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff went into this. So I ended up just saying, I don't know. I've, I've picked the Raiders to finish poorly before and they've gone really well. So I hope they go very well, but I've got the Raiders in 10th. I don't want to say too much more about it because I'm a supporter. So I want them to finish in the top eight, um, top eight. And yeah, I've, I've gone 10th. I've gone 10th for the Raiders. I hope they go well. I hope they exceed my expectations. Uh, And my prediction doesn't mean too much. I'll be cheering for them as the season goes on, but 10th place is where I have them, so that's what I'll be rolling with for my Canberra Raiders 2022 NRL season preview. So if you enjoyed that, you can follow us on Instagram at notjustasportsreport, and you'll be able to see whenever new content is posted there's going to be a lot of nrl stuff there's going to be a lot of stuff external to the podcast like video content and things like that so if you want to keep up to date at not just a sports report on instagram up next i'll be doing my cronulla sharks preview that will drop either tomorrow or the day after uh most likely tomorrow well right now it is i'm thinking in the days i'm gonna release this today's monday i think i had a few drinks last night i'm like i think it's monday uh, Tuesday is tomorrow, so this will be coming out Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, uh, I'm hoping to have my Cronulla Sharks one out. So within like 24 hours of this being posted, I should have my Cronulla Sharks one out as well. I'll be rolling through the NRL ones fairly quickly because, of course, the season is approaching quite fast. And I may even do a little bit of content on the All-Stars game this weekend. So we'll see what happens with that. Cronulla Sharks season preview up next. Until next time, take care of yourselves and have a great day or night. I don't know. You can believe it. If it's like 3 a.m., have a great morning. Thanks for listening and yeah, take care.